0: That life you always wanted but you didn't know. Cause you didn't know hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast Thank you so much for listening We're startup church we just planted in September 2020 and at the Kalamazoo Church we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together and so if you live in the Kalamazoo area we would love to connect be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Amen. It's good to, uh, good to see you all. I want to welcome you here. By this point, this is like standard operating procedure. We kind of know the deal. Uh, it's starting to feel a little bit more like normal being here. Um... I know that there's some bees flying around, obviously. So if you got to do the bee shuffle and uh, run away to not get stung, I get it. Um, it'll be a little bit distracting for everybody, but uh, but there you go. I uh, you you guys can open up to uh, to Ephesians six. We'll be there in a minute. We're we're following along on our series. That's the armor of God. And as, as we're as we're following along, last week we well we really painted the picture that the whole world knows that we are at war. You don't have to question, the whole world knows we're at war, but the two things that the world will never agree on is who we're fighting against and what weapons that we ought to use or what, what tools we ought to use to, uh, to win the battle. Uh, and last week we talked about the, the first being uh, this, this truth, that we just have to hold on to. And, and today, today we're going to talk about uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Right. Because we understand that we are, we are fighting against the devil. It is way bigger than anybody would love to admit or would like to admit that we're fighting against the devil. And then on top of that, though, the, the Bible gives clear direction on some divine weapons that are going to help us as we, as we seek to, to win each individual battle. Uh, we're, we're over here in Ephesians 6, and again, this is uh, Paul writing a letter to the church, and, uh, and he, he's, he's digging in. You get used to it. We're going to be reading this just about every week uh, for the next few, few, so hopefully we'll have it memorized by the end of it. I don't know. It says, finally, in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And so we talked about having this belt of truth, that if, if we're not searching after truth and there's nothing that's going to come forward, if we're not those that know the truth, the Bible is truth then we're not going to be able to, to fight in an effective way. And then on top of that today, we're going to talk about this breastplate of righteousness. And so work with me here as we, we're going to break down uh, two things and then we're going to put it together and it all makes sense. Uh, and, I, and I hope we leave with some convictions uh, as to the, the value that we ought to put on our hearts. You see, the, the breastplate of righteousness, that would have been the thing that that would have protected everything from your heart down to your, your belly, all of that stuff. And so certainly it's in battle. There was a shield that people would have. And, and this shield, it says later on, it's the shield of faith. But the reality is, though, that, that if you're not prepared for something, a, a, a blow could hit you. And if you didn't have your shield ready, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit this, this breastplate. And so for you and I, the, the stuff, this breastplate, would have it would have protected our hearts. And so what we're going to talk about today is the importance of protecting our hearts, And then we're going to talk about how we we get to this spot of righteousness. And I think it's totally different than what the world teaches. And then even what I would say corporate Christianity teaches in terms of righteousness. Uh, The the main takeaway is that we have to focus on our righteousness and our relationship with God if we're going to keep our hearts from being pierced by the devil. The first point is protect your heart. Uh, Proverbs four twenty three. You guys can can open there, please. This is a, a, a proverb that that's rung true. You hear it used uh, so frequently when when we're talking about dating relationships or anything. And, and this is like one of these scriptures, right? Uh, the other thing is that the heart is deceitful above all things. And but but this but this one here it, it says to do something with your heart. And it says above all else, it's Proverbs four twenty three. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It says, guard your heart, because everything you do flows from it. And I remember being somebody, I I didn't really frequently identify my heart as being something that flowed for, because when you and I think about our hearts, I think the first thing, at least I would say for me, that I think about is my emotions, right, my, my, what I, what I want to do, and I, I don't identify myself as being a super emotional person, I think increasingly I've become that, I know certainly uh, marriage helps with that, and and then even more so having a daughter helps with that, um, having a child in general, I guess, I can't speak to having a son yet, so there you go, but, but. I'm a little bit more emotional, but generally I'm not super emotional. So as I read this scripture, guarding my heart because everything I do flows from it, it's, it's quite difficult. But then I, I studied a little bit about some of the things that the heart, especially not in our Western culture, but in, in this culture that this was written in, what it was identified that the heart had the power to do. And so I'm going to speak through some of these, but I hope we get a full image of what, how, how everything that we do does in fact flow from our hearts and, and Luke Six to forty-five. It says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, and so we learn that okay, that, that in some ways our speech, what our heart feels or what our heart comes where it comes from, is it just comes out of our mouths. And then in Matthew nine four, Jesus says, "Why are you thinking evil things in your heart?" And so according to that that day, they would say that you know we say oh our brains affect it, but they would say no, your your heart affects heavily what you're thinking. So it affects what you say, it affects how you think. In John 16, 22, we're familiar with, with this concept. I will see you again. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and your hearts will rejoice. And so there's rejoice. There's emotion that comes from our hearts. That, that one we get And in Hebrews 10, 22, it says, let us come forward to the holy of holies with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from, our guil- from a guilty conscience. And so our heart also is able to convict us of things. And so, so think for a moment of all of the things that, that don't involve something that you say, something that you think, something that you feel, or your morals. Nothing, right? Good, good luck. I, I spent a little bit of time, but just a little bit. I was like, I can't think of anything that, that doesn't involve those. Truly everything that, that we do comes from our hearts. It is so valuable. You know, I, uh, when I was thinking about, about value and, and stuff, I, 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 my fear when we think about our hearts is that we don't, we don't consider it as valuable as it actually is. And I, I was, uh, this is last year uh, during basketball season, we ended up selling our Honda Civic. Um, there was so many problems with this car. Uh, I couldn't even, and it shouldn't be because it's a Honda and you're not supposed to have problems with the Honda and you know, that's why we bought the car and uh, whatever. So there's so many problems, but we had to upgrade, you know, family upgrade, all of this stuff. And so what happened was I ended up selling the, uh, the, this Honda Civic for a a few thousand dollars and, um, and it was a few thousand dollars cash. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever had any, any money on your person of that extent, but I, I had, I had $5,000 that was like. We made the transaction on Sunday, so it was like later in the evening on Sunday. And so from that point, you just there's this fat stack of money. And you're not I'm not rich, right? I actually gotta pay the car off and then you know what I but but whatever. But there's this big stack, and I remember thinking like I, I needed to do something with this money because I can't just if I put it in in the house, what if we get robbed? Well, I mean, man, we've never gotten robbed. No one's yeah. gonna know, oh yeah, they must have, they just sold the car. But I'm like, so so my strategy, I'm like, man, I gotta keep this money on me at all times until I deposit it, right? And so I put it in in this pocket, and I'm just walking around with five G's, and I felt like I felt like a beast for a little bit, but 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 you're but you're really conscious. If you've ever carried any amount of money, you're like, man, I see that person. Okay, man, maybe he has a knife on him. And you said you're looking and you're like, oh man, that. That guy. Oh, you know. I, I wonder if he sees that I have money on me. And 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 I and I remember we, I I coached a, a, a practice and I'm I'm kind of you know making a point that I had this sweatshirt and it's really hot during this practice but I'm not going to take my sweatshirt off because it has the money in it. And if I put it down, then I don't know. And and the reality is though, in the middle of the, those times, I'm extremely aware of who is around me. I'm extremely aware of who I. I let in and, and let know. I told one of my friends, I was like, "Hey, I've got five thousand dollars on me right now. Feel it." <laughs> and, but I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna go and say, "Hey, everybody, I've got a bunch of money on me right here." And, and, and you're extremely aware of who you let in. You're aware of what's going on around you, and all of this stuff. Just because for, for five thousand dollars, our hearts are, are worth way more than that. So we ought to be extremely intentional about who we let in. We ought to be extremely intentional about. Who is around us? We, we ought to be extremely intentional about the stuff that we consume. Everything flows from our heart. My, my fear, as I, as I think about this, is, is not that, that we won't put on this breastplate of righteousness because we don't have it. My fear is that we won't put it on because we, we don't find it all that valuable, what's at what it's actually protecting What kind of stuff have you, uh, have you consumed this past week? Is that what, what kind of stuff have you said? Where, where, where is your heart actually at? It's a difficult thing to gauge. I don't, I don't know that it's a, in this moment right now, we're able to, to think about for, for too long, but I, I want to challenge you guys to make that something that's a pretty common thing that where, where is my heart actually at? What are, what, what have I, what have I allowed in? Who have I let in? It's it's extremely valuable. Uh, my my next point, last point, and then we'll bring it all together is a righteousness from God. And so, if we understand that our hearts are so valuable that it's not the Western ideology of just our emotions, it's literally everything streaming from it. Then then our 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 perspective ought to be: well, let's figure out how to put on this breastplate of righteousness. What is righteousness? Uh, and it's basically this this view that of someone who is in a right standing with God. There's smarter people that have identified it in more a- adequate terms, perhaps. But if we if we use it as being in a right standing with God, I think we'll be okay. Uh, you can open up to Ephesians 2. We'll read a little bit about it. You know, it's interesting. And this is where it separates from the common understanding of, of Christianity. And there's, there's this guy named Martin Luther, and he identified... Uh, the, originator of the Lutheran faith, and he identified two different types of righteousness. Uh, One would be alien righteousness, which is righteousness that's not due to us or anything that we can do. It's from God, alien, not outer space alien, but just alien as in there's nothing that we can do. It's foreign to us. And then there's there's a righteousness that we have control over, like this outward righteousness that that we do and how we act. And he identified those two. and, And what I would say is that the Bible doesn't do that. Uh, because, in my view, in the view that the Bible teaches, it's all one thing, and, I, and I'll explain what I mean. There's there's one way of righteousness. It says, here in Ephesians two, right in verse one, doesn't use the word, but it but it identifies some characteristics. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the way the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so all in this, this whole scripture, Paul is saying that you guys, you, you know how you used to live. You used to live in a way that was not pleasing to God. It was, it was spent living according to uh, what the world teaches, and the cravings of the flesh. And I, I just, I even think about my life and, and there's so many things that I, I know that I've done that I'm not extremely proud of. And I, I, think about even just my mentality or my mindset. And so it was said to me at least a few times when, when I wasn't in a good spot with God that Jaren, you, I just, I was always this jokester guy. I always made a point to make fun of somebody and, and joke around. And, and, um, and some of that has served me well now, but so much of it, was to a, a gross, disgusting degree uh, so many years ago that, that actually my, my friends, uh, they, I was known as one of the guys who it, it was said a few times that, Jaren, you are nicer to strangers than you are to your actual friends. And this is just the stuff that, that according to the world, according so I could get a laugh from this person, the other person, the other person, that I, I, w- I was okay putting down anybody. I was okay as long as I wasn't the butt of the joke. I was going to make a point to make somebody else the butt of the joke, and this is, this is the way that I lived. And I, as I look back on that time, it's, uh, it's sad. But it, but this is, the the reality is, it's just it's the cravings of the flesh, the desires, the thoughts. It's gratifying, It immediately means a little bit. And you can think about in your lives, the the times when you decided, well, I'm gonna please the flesh, I'm gonna do what what I want to do in this moment. I'm gonna allow my heart to be compromised in this way or the other way. And then it and then it it says though that that at our worst Jesus decided God decided no I'm I'm going to take them from that and I'm not going to allow them to to live in this for very long and then and then I don't know if you're as you're reading it it's it's difficult this guy Martin Luther he he was able to distinguish what I don't know if the Bible does ex- distinguish I should say that that this righteousness is from God absolutely but then it also says that that we need to there's stuff that we're, we're created to do good works in in Christ Jesus. And so there's almost this relationship. I think if we are going to be those who put on the breastplate of righteousness that we need to get on straight. And, and what, what I, what I mean by that, I just, I think about my relationship with, with my daughter, Jordan, right? She's six months old. And there's so much right now that to call it a relationship is, is true, but it's, also slightly uh, em- embarrassing in some ways because there's nothing that, if you if I wrote down all of the things that Jordan does for me, I I wouldn't go. There's there's no list for that. There's emotional stuff that she gives me and there's joy and all of it. But but if someone says someone is just explaining it and I I wouldn't be able to explain well she. She tells me she loves me. She doesn't do that yet. She doesn't talk. She well, she uh she makes me food or she she brings me a drink when I'm watching football. Or you know, she, there's there's nothing that Jordan does for me. There's only what I do for her right now. And yet it's a relationship because I, I take so much joy in it. And and eventually, it's gonna be so much fun when she actually says, Dad, I love you. That's gonna be such a joy for me to it's gonna be so much fun when when I coach her team. And she says, Dad, thank you. Or, you, the, you guys know what I'm saying right now. And I, I would say that in, in terms of righteousness, there, it, it'd be, it, it's a relationship because it'd be unfair for me to say, well, it's, it's all what I do for Jordan. Well, at a certain point, Jordan's going to have a decision if she wants to have a relationship with me or not. And, and so it's, it's unfair to just say, oh, it's all on me. And just like on, on, on her, it's, it's really impossible to say, well, there's anything that Jordan can do. That would make me so grateful to be her father. No, there's nothing she can do. I'm just grateful to be her father. This is the same thing. The same concept is true as we think about righteousness. Being in a right standing with God is that, of course, it's alien and that it is foreign and there's nothing that that we can do to earn it. But also, it's a a decision because we ought to decide to be in a relationship with, with God at a certain point. And so... That involves certain, certain things that we ought to do out of the overflow, but, but it, it ought to happen. And, and it's, it's, it's this righteousness, though, that is, is going to keep and protect our hearts. It's this deep relationship with God that's going to keep and protect us. And, and the, the real kicker to all of it is I, as I think about, well, what is this supposed to create in us? Well, I, I would say it, it, cre- it ought to create a spirit of deep humility. If, if we are going to be those who keep our hearts in a good spot and put on our breastplate, then we need to be put on this breastplate of righteousness. But in order to get there, we need to be extremely humble, knowing that there's nothing that we can do to earn it. And so there, there's we can't do enough good things for God to say, you're worth it. We can do all the junk in the world, and God still says, you're worth it, right? And it should should leave us with this spot that I... I'm, I'm only a saved uh, person because of Jesus. I'm, I, there's, that's the only hope. And because of that, from the overflow of that, I'm going to protect my heart. And if my heart is protected, we're going to be able to do some amazing things. We're, we're going to be able to show everybody that we interact with there's a better way and a different way. This, this, this world has no, no real concept of how to, how to protect our hearts because I, I, don't, I don't know that they have on straight the idea of, of righteousness, and so bringing, bringing these two components together, as you look at your life over this last week and these last few months, I, I want you to you think about where your heart is at. Great. And then I, I want to just ask you then where your relationship with God is at or where your, your depth in your relationship is at. And is it at a spot that says, well, it's if I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this, then I'll finally earn God's love. And if it's there, then, then please don't, don't stay there. Or if it's at a spot that, you know, God man, I'm good. God loves me. Uh, There's nothing. uh, Oh, I'm good. And so I don't have to live this certain way in view of his love. Well, then we got to change that as well. Right. It's, it's only through understand. That's why I think this concept of two different types of righteousness is not a very effective one because it would delineate stuff that that the Bible really doesn't delineate much of. So as, as we think uh, about this stuff, I, I really want to, uh, want to leave you with the reality that if we put, if we get this stuff on straight, we are going to be able to show the world an entirely different way. We're going to be able to certainly share with our coworkers, our friends, of course, but we're going to be able to share the way that's effective, right? You guys think about the life of discipleship or the life of Christianity. It is like the most fun way to live that, that we were just praying about it on, on Friday, that we, we don't have to feel guilty about what we do, because we know that God covers over it, and also I'm trying to follow God, so it's okay. There's somebody that's smarter and better that decided this is the best way to live, and then me living it out is is the way to to show them, hey, I think you're right. You know, as, as we uh, as we as we prepare our hearts for communion, I'm going to ask Ramon to come up and, and pray, but really make make a point. You know, as we as we take the the bread and the juice to just consider all that that Jesus has done to give us again the best way to possibly live. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Saving souls.